Welcome to the Digital Coffee Date, created and hosted by multimedia content producer and entrepreneur, Jessica Rosado. This podcast is your weekly inspirational dose of incredible women who are making a powerful global footprint. Our conversations feature different women from all walks of life who share their experiences through both successes and failures alike. These stories empower and encourage the female footprint in a society originally structured for them to fail. But whether it be through philanthropy or entrepreneurship, or even the corporate ladder, women are creating a global footprint that will impact the future. A warm welcome to the Digital Coffee Date fam. To those of you who are returning listeners, I appreciate all your love and support. And for those of you who are new to our community, I am so happy to connect with you. We are on our fourth episode of season two, and it is another special one because I am talking with my friend, Jainese Burgos, who is making waves in both corporate and entrepreneurial spaces. In this episode, we talk all about the art of networking, how we can make an impact one step at a time, and the value of understanding our core purpose. Hey, Janice, welcome to the show. It's so wonderful to have you on today. Hi, Jessica. I've been looking forward to this all week. Yes. So fun fact for the Digital Coffee Date listeners, Janice and I met a few years ago when I created a docuseries called The Elevated Tea. If you've heard this podcast's origin story, you know that the Digital Coffee Date actually evolved from that docuseries concept. At the time, I was looking for stories to share about inspiring women in our community, and her networking platform, The Paint Network, was absolutely a story to share. So it has been incredible being able to be on her journey and having each other along the way. So I'm so thrilled we get to share her story and mission today. Wow, Jessica, you definitely just took me way back, right? When you attended um, that event, I I think it was my second or third event that I had ever done. I was totally in panic mode. I think I recruited you to be my helper at at some point and was just thinking (laughs) like, thank God this woman is here right now because I don't know what I would have done. I was a one man, one woman show um, putting on this event that was totally new. Mm -hmm. And it's so exciting to see, you know, how it's evolved, um, you know, through the years, just like even your own uh, platform has evolved as well. So I'm super grateful for that moment and that encounter that brought along this friendship. So thank you for having me. Yes. So with that, we are going to get right into it. So Janice, on this show, we've talked to women in a variety of different fields. Some are entrepreneurial, some corporate, and some with just a multi-passionate spirit. So we touched a little bit on the paint network, but you actually wear both entrepreneurial and corporate hats. So can you tell us about that? Yes, absolutely. So I'm definitely a big advocate of, you know, the corporate woman. I I love entrepreneurship. I love women making moves, but I also love women, uh, you know, who make moves in the corporate realm. I currently oversee the digital marketing efforts for the largest home builder in Tampa, Florida. 
Uh, I also actively participate in several IND programs with my corporate workplace, Lennar, and currently sit on the Everyone's Included Advisory Council as the Chair for Enhancement of Inclusive Culture. So I get to do really, really exciting programs, um, some of which I think you've even made it out to in Tampa, like the Make Your Move event which that event focuses on educating millennials about the home buying process and financial literacy. And it's just really exciting, especially to see, you know, the majority of the crowd being women who are interested in home ownership, who are interested in financial literacy and, and really taking the steps necessary to to reach you know a new goal you know to reach a new standard in life which is you know owning their own home being successful uh and kind of owning their future right because women didn't always get to own their future yes you know women oftentimes you know in in our past generations depended on their husbands Mm -hmm. you know to really make those financial moves to make real estate moves. And now you're seeing a huge spike in women um, buying their own homes. And it's just a beautiful thing to be a part of. It's a beautiful thing to facilitate. And so I'm really excited to see, you know, how that's going to continue to move the needle in the real estate industry. Wow. And so that is your corporate hat. So what's your entrepreneurial one? Yeah. So I think my passions really intersect with my greater purpose, right? Um, You know, I love travel, uh, culture, and art. Um, I am actually a painter. I started off primarily with oil painting, but now I do, you know, several other mediums such as watercolor and acrylic. And what I wanted to do was create something, right? Because at the time I I didn't know what it was, but I wanted to create something that really honed in on the skill set that I already possessed and and the talents that I already had. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was art and, and culture. And also, you know, women, because I am part of a Latina sorority, as I know that you know that as well. And that also really played like a big part in birthing the Paint Network. And so what is the Paint Network? It's a diverse networking platform where I take, you know, young women, many of them entrepreneurs, but there are a handful, you know, in the corporate world. And what we do is I provide this safe, really dope atmosphere where they get to have fun, talk about their passions, promote their their workplace or their businesses, all while drinking bubbly champagne and painting. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, really, what greater thing than to connect with other like-minded women, connect with other like-minded, diverse women over something fun, you know, because... There are networking events, right, um, that we have all attended and all been to, but 
you know, those events to me, you, you know, you you sign in and you put a name tag and then you're you're put in a room. And for me, because I'm naturally an introvert, I'm sweating, right? So I'm like, <laughs> I have sweat dripping down my face. I'm trying to rehearse what I'm going to say about myself. I'm scanning the room to see, okay, who is the nicest, who looks the nicest that might, you know, kind of <laughs> embrace my smile and my int- my awkward introduction, potentially. And, you know, I just wanted to create something completely opposite of that, where women could come in, you know, bring their girlfriends in, and there not be such a big expectation. Mm, the only right. expectation is, is that you're going to be around other like-minded women and have fun, you know, painting. And painting is a mm-hmm. natural, you know, soother. It's very, you know, a state of meditation, one would say. And so when you're painting, you almost let down this barrier or this wall um, that might otherwise be up because of nervousness or whatever else might have happened in your day. Right. So I think that when you're painting, you naturally get the most authentic and kind of raw version of someone because they're in this state where they're actually enjoying something. And they're in this state where they don't have this defense system up because they're being creative and they're creating right next to you. So I think that's really unique about the Paint Network and just the arts in general, um, you know, what it brings to people, what it brings into your lives. And and that's really what I'm trying to, as far as this experience is concerned, that's really what I want the experience to be for every woman. Yes, and I can honestly say firsthand that I've been to, you know, one of these events and it was such an incredible feeling to be able to be in a room full of like-minded women and be able to connect over yes you know we're we're having some bubbly but we're also painting and so it's like you know you're just creating all of these different organic conversations and right. you know meeting so many people that you might you probably wouldn't have met otherwise. You know what I mean? So I think that it's such a great thing that you're doing. And from what you've said so far, I really feel that your both of your hats, the corporate and the entrepreneurial, they seem to intersect with your overall mission. Yes. I mean, ultimately, when people ask my why, right, because people say, okay, why do you do this? Why did you create the Paint Network? And really is to support and uplift the universal woman through mentorship, resources, you know, emotional and financial support, and just to promote equality, diversity, and inclusion, both in the marketplace, but also in the corporate office, Mm -hmm. you know, to really kind of highlight those obstacles and struggle that women face, um, you know, of all backgrounds, just to overcome, yes. um, you know, those obstacles and reach the same playing field and have a seat at the table. And so, you know, in the corporate world and with the paint network, that's what it's all about. It's about creating the confidence, you know, in these women to be able to say, I have what it takes, you know, to make it, to sit at the table, to have a voice to make a difference, to launch my 
my business, to launch my idea, to get Mm -hmm. promoted, right? Because they're all, you know, sometimes we hear and, you know, not all the times, but sometimes you kind of hear the comparison between, you know, entrepreneurs and, and the corporate workplace. And, you know, what I like to do is I, I almost like to bridge the gap at my events and yes. say, the mission is still the same. Mm-hmm. The mission is still to provide women with the same opportunities as men and to provide women with a support system, with a mentor and the tools and resources that they can use to get there. Yes, yes, absolutely. Now, we both know there isn't any career concept project or even a business venture (laughs) that isn't without its challenges. So what are some of the challenges you've faced in your career and how have they been different or even similar to the challenges you faced with the paint network? Well, I think that it's very interesting, you know, the the timing of the question, because we're going through, you know, a pandemic, COVID-19 has really shook up both the corporate world and, you know, entrepreneurship, small businesses, so many people have been affected um, by this pandemic. So I would definitely, you know, it goes without saying that that was certainly a hardship for the paint network events were completely put on pause for an entire year, over a year now. Mm -hmm. Um, And what I did was I did launch some events online. I partnered with USF Alumni Association um, in sponsorship with the Latino scholarship that they have. And we did a Dia de los Muertos themed painting. I did a Frida uh, themed event. So I tried the digital, you know, online painting events, but to be honest, it just wasn't the same. It didn't really carry the same mission and it didn't really carry the same impact. Right. So that was, that was tough to completely, you know, pause all events to try something new and then feel like that, you know, new way just didn't really make it. Right. I, I, I don't want to use the word word fail mm-hmm. because, you know, we did it and it was what it was, right. but it just wasn't the same. Right. So, right. you know, it was an obstacle that didn't really have many other solutions. Gotcha. It, yeah. It, that's, um, I'd like to, you know, kind of put it that way where I just was forced to kind of face a reality of this is a circumstance that I cannot control. Mm -hmm. And it really just taught me patience. It gave me time to realign what is my purpose and what is my impact. And I really found that out by doing the online events because, you know, in the beginning I was like, oh yeah, everyone's switching to online. I can just do that too. But you know, by experiencing it and actually doing it, I realized, no, my impact and my purpose is to create experiences that are really going to catapult these women into a new level with their careers and small businesses. And, you know, I I really could have never gotten that clarity without this happening. That's so incredible. You know, I think with what happened with COVID last year, 
you know, I actually call it an awakening year Mm -hmm. because I think for a lot of us, there were things that were brought to light personally, culturally, socially, um, you know, just on so many different levels. And even you talking about it in a space of like, even for my business, it gave me the opportunity to get back to that core purpose. And I think there's so much value in that. And, you know, sometimes when we're in it so much, we, we don't spend that time, you know, like we do in the beginning, but sometimes when you get into a groove or, you know, depending on whatever it is that you're in, whatever business you're doing or whatever, we kind of just go with the motions at one point or at some point. And I feel like there, there come these moments where along the path, we're like, why am I doing this again? What right. is this? Who does this serve again? What is this for again? Okay. And then we can regroup. Sometimes it it, it results in a rebranding. It results in, you know, this, this evolved concept. And, you know, for you, it's clear that, you know, you're going to now take that to provide, hey, you know, have the same mission, but to provide such a stronger foundation in it. And I think that that is really, really incredible that even through a challenge, you were able to see that. Right. Absolutely. And, and I, again, I think that I am very fortunate because I, I do wear multiple hats. And so I don't want to be insensitive for those who only do events because their situation is a lot different and, and their obstacles, right. And solutions are very different from Mm -hmm. mine. So I definitely want to make sure that I'm still sensitive and and very sincere to that point where I was privileged enough to, you know, be able to take a step back, realign, refocus, right. And, and kind of pour into some other projects. And, and really that's how I got into, you know, IND because, you know, things were going around, you know, in the world and specifically here in the United States, um, when it comes to, you know, social injustices and, I, you know, really thought, okay, I have my purpose, Mm -hmm. you know, my purpose isn't tied or doesn't live only with the paint network in a sense where if the paint network is dormant, my purpose should not be dormant. Right. And so it was more so about shifting my energy of, okay, how can I still serve my purpose in this moment of time. And that's when I really got deep into the IND programs and initiatives. And it really just started off with one email to my chief HR officer of saying, Hey, what are we going to do about this? Yeah, You know, yeah. we were, were presented with a problem. What is our company going to do about this? Uh, and it led to a phone call. Uh, and then it led to, you know, being on an advisory board. And now, you know, ultimately, I sit as the chair for enhancement of inclusive culture now. So I have been really blessed uh, and fortunate to have been redirected and still hone in on something that means so much to me. Yes, yes, absolutely. So this podcast is all about sharing stories about women in order to empower our female footprint in the world. So can you share what it's like navigating through the corporate world as a woman, you know, maybe a variety of different experiences you might have had? Mm, That's a great question. Um, (laughs) 
It's so funny because I work for a home builder, really it's construction. Mm -hmm. You know, I say real estate, but really I work for a home builder. So that's the construction industry. Right. Um, And it is a very white male dominated field. Yes. So as one would, you know, guess, really the only, I would say, departments or areas that you see you know, kind of women dominating and thriving in would be sales and marketing, which is my field, and HR, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's one of those things that you know, right? and you have to think, okay, am I going to let this be my ceiling? Mm. Or am I going to rise above the ceiling? Mm. And, And I really think that you can look at it one of those two ways. Right. And I would like to think that I'm pretty optimistic, Mm -hmm. you know? And so even though, you know, I know these things right now, and you've talked about it on, on your other podcast, it's really a season and a year of just like women coming through, Mm -hmm. you know, women just really rising to the top, especially women of color. Yes. You know, their voices are on a, probably the highest platform that I have ever seen. Absolutely. Personally. And so really that has been motivating Mm, as opposed to discouraging. Right, right. And I've just really been motivated, especially with, you know, being on this council to say, how can we change this? And what are we going to do? What Mm -hmm. are the real world actionable steps that we are taking to change this within not just our company, but the industry as a whole? Right. Because the thing is with construction, and, and I know, you know, about the auto, you know, motive industry, right? Is that it's not so much of choosing to stay where we're at, but it's a lot of these, uh, you know, new home construction companies. They recruit from a pool of people who have experience in construction, and who are those people? They are white males, mm-hmm. and so you kind of get sucked in this cycle of okay, we want to break out and be different. We're ready to be inclusive. We're mm-hmm. ready to hire women. But how do we go about but, that? Right. Yeah. But there are no women in our industry. There are not even women in other builders or mm. you know other developments. And I'm not saying I should choose my word wisely because I'm not saying there, there, there are, are not, not right, women. Right, right. There are just not. The pool is very small. Right. Of yes, women right. in the industry as a whole. Absolutely. And so now you're faced with an even bigger challenge mm-hmm. of, okay, now what are some of the transferable skill sets to where we can hire, you know, more diverse talent? Because it's not just about women, it's about diversity as a whole. Um, And how can we transfer their skills so that they're still able to thrive and be successful in the construction industry? Right. And so really, that's what we're looking at now is we've recognized the problem. Mm -hmm. We've recognized, okay, we're looking at, you know, different, different pools, right? And, and different sectors and different companies. And we're saying, oh, we're not the only ones. This is actually an issue across 
other home builders and other sectors. Right. So now, okay, how do we change the industry? Mm-hmm. And so that's really been a challenge of identifying the diverse challenge talent, right? And then identifying what skills they have that are transferable to our industry. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's it's interesting because you had mentioned me knowing the automotive industry. You know, my my family owns a auto service shop and it's it's interesting because mechanics are it, 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 the industry of of mechanics, like hiring a mechanic. Right. They are the the pool of people that are available is so small right. because you know and and this this actually is a problem that goes back to you know my dad's generation and beyond where we used to provide vocational schools as a part of high school right and so people were able to if they didn't want to go into a four year university or you know either you know didn't want to or didn't have the money to they could go and be equipped with a trade and could be successful in that and you know our our government at, at some point in time took that away and did away with vocational mm-hmm. programs in that nature and so what ended up happening was fewer and fewer and fewer people began they, they, they started to lose their options. You know, it was like, well, I could go to school, which I don't want to do or have the money for, or I could just have a job somewhere or just get a job, you know, go into right. the workforce. But what we weren't doing was allowing those training programs and those things to equip people better. And unfortunately, a lot of brown and black communities suffered. Absolutely. They were the ones who suffered. You know, our communities were the ones who had suffered during that transition and that change. And so now what we see is perfect example. My younger brother, he is studying at the aviation mechanics school to be an aviation mechanic. And that is a field that they are willing to pay an insane amount of money to their mechanics because they can't find them, you know, because there's no one qualified or equipped to, to do that. No one's either going into that field. People often don't know or even think about it as an option. And the Mm -hmm. same thing is very true now to the mechanic industry. I mean, it is so, so hard to find a technician. And and it's crazy how that process began. And just now, probably within the last couple years, we're starting to see this change where there's a very well-known mechanic shop in Philly of all women, and they've hashtagged and coined SheCanics. And it, it is a shop of just women mechanics. And it started with a woman who got skilled to be a mechanic. And she said, you know, we can do it too. Hey, we're yes. here too. And so it it was her vision that, you know, she put it together. And actually, it's so funny. A few years ago, I had learned about her story and I was like, oh my gosh, this should be a TV show. And lo and behold, I think they signed a deal with Fox um, that I think is going to be like turned into a comedy, but it's about her shop and her story. And so it's I just so that. cool to have seen this over the years, like kind of be, you know, trans, trans, you know, just transition into a thing. And, um, but it, it's very true to what you were saying where a lot of the problem is that it's not that they're not out there. I think it's just culturally Mm -hmm. and socially, it is, it has become what it is where the very small pool that is available 
it's strictly male, right? you know? And so who has, you know, who has the, the option now to see outside of that? It takes someone or it takes a company or it takes a people, right. To be able to change that, that part of the culture and say, you know what, um, we're here too. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, like, let's, let's change this. Absolutely. And again, it's not to say that there are not, you know, diverse or, you know, even women, talented women, but it's, you know, it's not just about the HR roles or the sales and marketing. Right. Like it's about, you know, like construction managers, like mm-hmm. uh, land acquisition directors, you know, presidents of entire divisions running, you know, a construction company, like that's what we want. Like, that's what I want to see. Um, you know, so, so there are women and there is diversity, but it's in the industries that are known to be diverse and we want to shake up the table. You know, we want to see, absolutely. you know, women have the choice to say, oh, actually I'm going to be the next division president, or actually I'm going to be, you know, the next VP of finance. And, and we want to just, that's where we want to expand. We want to expand across the entire board. So, you know, to see that as an obstacle, it is very intimidating. Um, You know, it can even feel a little daunting, you know, because you're, you're Mm -hmm. faced with this task that seems like it's going to take forever to break through. Um, but you just have to do, you have to take one step at a time. And what we've talked about a lot on our advisory board is everyone has to play their role. And so Mm -hmm. if you are part of you know, this council, but better yet, if you are part of this mission, if you believe in women, if you believe in inclusion, if you believe in diversity, you you have to use your voice where it is heard. And so you may not be at a meeting with the CEO, but you may be in a meeting with the director of land, you know, and, and, and you may say, Hey, I actually know this really great woman. Um, you know, I went to college with her, this is her background, but I think that these skills are transferable to what you're doing here in land. You know, let's have a conversation. Can we bring her on board? Can we offer her, um, an internship, you know, so sometimes it's making a difference where you can and where you currently are, that is going to create a ripple effect of making, you know, a difference in the broader, you know, spectrum and, and the corporation as a whole. And I think that people underestimate their impact and the value of their opinions and their voice. And, you know, because what that does is it plants a seed Mm. and it plants a seed for the next person. And because whatever that director, you know, decides to do, whether it is to take you up on that offer or not, it is now their social responsibility to do something with that information. Right. Okay. Am I going to take this you know, her up on this offer. And if not, what am I going to do? Because now this has been planted in me 
what am I going to do to change my department or to change my team to offer someone that opportunity? And so sometimes it's not about taking the world on your shoulders. And Jessica, Mm -hmm. we've also had this conversation. Oh my gosh, I know. Sometimes, Sometimes it's not about taking the problems of the world and carrying it on the back. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's just about making one small difference at a time that really over time, you look back and you say, I made a difference. Yes. You know? Yes, absolutely. And I think that's the real kind of takeaway or actionable item that people can, you know, take away from this episode is, you know, do something, even if it's one small thing, every day and see it as a way of planting my seed. Mm -hmm. You know, like I may not have made a difference here, but you know what? I planted the seed so that the next person behind me can make the difference. And I think that's just as meaningful. And I think that's just as important, um, whether it be in small businesses or in the corporate office, especially in the corporate office, because we all know that that takes the most time that takes the most patience, Mm -hmm. um, you know, because it is a cycle and, and it is, you know, kind of a system. Yeah in a sense. And, and so systems don't really respond to radical change, Mm -hmm. but they do respond to meaningful differences. Yes. Yes. And that's what we should focus on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And right in sync with what we're talking about, I think a beautiful moment for many of the guests that come on the show is when they get to reflect on how they've impacted others. So I always ask this question because I think it's powerful because a lot of times, especially when you're doing for others, you're not always you know, seeing the, the impact you're having, you know, sometimes you're just like going and you're going and you're going and it's like, you know, your purpose is there, you know, it's there, but you're not Mm -hmm. really thinking about like, okay, who's, whose life did I just change today? You know? So, so what impact have you personally witnessed your initiatives have, whether it be through the initiatives you've had in the corporate setting and the events you've done there or the events themselves with the paint network? What what have you personally like what people have come to you that you could say, oh, my gosh, you know, actually, there was a time when so and so said this. I think for me, um, when I look back at my purpose, I would really think that it's the power of connection. And so I'm I'm not sure if I'm being just like really humble here, but, (laughs) you know, I really don't look at myself as, oh, I did this big world change or I completely changed this person's life. But what I will say is that I think that something I do care about is If I can't help someone, I am always going to go above and beyond to connect them, introduce them, or put them in touch with someone who can make a difference in their life or in their industry or in their business. And so what I pride myself 
in doing and what I will always continue to do is make meaningful connections, you know, not just with myself, but with everyone that I meet. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talk about this a lot of, you know, mentioning people's names in rooms that they're not in. Yes. And I really hold true to that you know, statement of if I think that someone is good for the job or good for the idea or good for the product, I am going to make sure that they are plugged in and connected. Or even if I think, you know, someone would be a great mentor to someone or a mentee, you know, I am going to make that meaningful connection. So for me, I think that when I look back on my life and when I look back at the people I've impacted, that's what, you know, comes to mind first is, you know, in what ways did I make a meaningful connection either to them or from them? Yes, absolutely. Um, And I think, too, I have seen you in action as the networking queen, especially in with the paint network hat on. And I think in doing in in how you are, where you're you just facilitate that connection. It truly, truly is an impact because you don't know the the what you're setting up for that other person in just that connection alone. You don't know the domino effect. Sometimes you set them up and it's just like, Hey, so-and-so meet this person. And other times it is very intentional depending if that person can help them or not. But a lot of times there's also just the organicness of it where you'll connect people and all of a sudden, you know, they're featured here or doing this or doing that. And it's all because of something you facilitated. So you, it was a very humble response, but I will be the one to say on here that I've witnessed it personally for me. And I've also seen you facilitate that with other people and with your, event, like make your move, you know, and, and things like that, providing such a, a, an informative event and where people can just learn things, even in the home buying experience. I mean, Janice, it's so, so valuable. So, so it was very humble, I will say, but, (laughs) but, you know, I can attest to all of that as well. So much like other women, uh, you and I always want to be 10 steps ahead. (laughs) And we envision different versions of where we want to be as our journey evolves. So in the spaces that you're in, what do you hope to see or hope to accomplish in the future? Mm, That's a great question. (laughs) It's one that you either have like a lot to say, or you're kind of cat got your tongue. But What I envision for my future, I'll I'll kind of speak high level here, is I really want to facilitate change through thoughtful and intentional action. And what I mean by that is right now in the current projects that I've been working on, so I have the paint network, you know, I'm working on, you know, the D&I projects with corporate and I don't know if you know this, but I'm also launching a second brand, which is called The Faithful Hustle. And really what I want to do is I really want to hone in on creating a safe and intentional platform geared towards diverse women 
to be able to motivate them through faith and encouragement um, and through mentorship and resources to, you know, pursue their dreams. And so here I'm going to offer, you know, brand strategy calls, consultations, I work with social media, and then also the networking, you know, aspect, I'm still going to keep the paint network. But really, that's the direction that I'm headed in is really just intention, 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 intention is is has been like my theme. Yes. Um, And putting just a lot of intention behind my work in creating meaningful and thoughtful change to be able to elevate and uplift women, whether it be in the corporate office or with their small businesses. And I'm not leaving the corporate world anytime soon. So <laughs> if any of my coworkers listen to this episode, um, I, that's definitely not my intention, but really to just kind of bridge the, gra- the gap, you know, even right. with my current work, you know, I am, you know, my primary role is to oversee the digital marketing efforts and, you know, the, the diversity and inclusion kind of, you know, essentially fell into my lap, even though I was intentional in my, in reaching out, you know, the opportunities just organically aligned for me. And so I think it's taking that to its next level. Um, we identified what we would call our smart goals for, you know, the 2021 year. And so my, my focus and my goal is to accomplish every single one of those goals on that list, um, which includes creating a work culture uh, that is inclusive for everyone to not only thrive, but also to elevate and, and, and feel like I can get to that next position. I can get that promotion. I can go after my dream position in this corporation. And it doesn't matter my religion, the color of my skin, my sexual orientation, um, or if I'm a male Mm -hmm. or female. And so, you know, those are, are the goals that I'm working towards. And I'm really excited. And I'm really excited to have people like you in my corner. I always talk about this. I always say that I have the best tribe ever. I have the best friendships ever. It's so important to be discerning in, you know, the people that you keep around you, um, you know, if they're negative, if they're positive, you know, what they're after in life and what their intentions are, because if they don't align with yours, you know, it's likely that you, you know, you're going to get off track or discouraged or even lost. And so, you know, never be the smartest person in the room, you know, always be willing to learn from others. And Mm -hmm. and that's why it's it's so hard to not, you know, come off to, I would say boastful, Uh um, because I am just really in this season of my life, I feel like I'm in a learning season where I'm just like a sponge and I'm just trying to absorb everything I can. Yeah. And I think that's why I just come, you know, keep coming back to that word intention. And mm-hmm. so my, my goal is, is to create a thoughtful and intentional life for myself and those around me. Amazing. Now, Janice, if someone wanted to connect with you, what is the best way to go about that? So the best way 
to, well, I am probably most active on Instagram. So if you wanted to follow uh, the Paint Network or Life with Yai on Instagram, that's where you can find us. Uh, you can also contact uh, me via the Paint Network at gmail.com. That's our email. And we also have a Facebook page at the Paint Network. So everything is super simple, just the Paint Network, no dashes, no spaces. And yeah, and we hope to be um, relaunching our event schedule very, very soon and safely, of course. Um, I am not in a rush to do it because I want to do it right. I want to do it safely and I want to do it comfortably. Uh, so that will be coming very soon. But in the case that you know, things happen and it doesn't, then I will be taking my time in relaunching those events. Awesome. So I always like to close our digital coffee dates with advice or words of wisdom. Now, being that I've already said this, that I've seen you in action as the networking queen, I'm just like coining <laughs> that for you. I don't, I don't know if it'll be a thing, but I may so need funny. to just like hashtag it for you or something. But, um, you know, just that, that you'll, you know, connect people and, and you put people in rooms they didn't even know they had to be in or that even existed in the first place. So, so being that I've personally seen this, what would you say to a woman who is afraid to put herself out there or even share her vision with others around her? That is a great question. Oh, where do I begin? Oh, I don't <laughs> want to make this a long-winded answer. Um, but I would definitely say the the first part I will say is do your homework. So I will say that in the beginning when I was not so outgoing, because like I said, I, I am more naturally an introvert. I know you said that earlier and I was like, introvert. <laughs> yes, I am naturally an introvert. I, you know... I'm an extrovert when I need to be or when it comes to my business right, right. or the paint network. But other than that, I like to, you know, be cozy at home um, with my candles. But <laughs> my candles. <laughs> so I would definitely say do your research. So every mentor that I have or every person where I have seeked mentor mentorship or advice, I did my homework. So I totally was... It's funny because we use the girl, the word fangirl, mm -hmm. and her name is Yai Vargas. If you ever want to look her up, she's uh, really big on LinkedIn, and she's also in she's in the marketing space and diversity and inclusion space. And how I started was first, I was a fan. I was like, this is the woman. When I talk about when someone asked me where do you see yourself in five years, it was her. You know, like mm -hmm. this is what I want to be doing. This is how I want my life to look. So what I did was I started following her on all of her platforms. So I followed her on LinkedIn. I followed her Twitter. I followed her Instagram. So one day I saw that she was hosting a live class on LinkedIn on how to network, right? Because she really specializes on how to be a networking queen, you know, how to be intentional. And through that class, I, att I attended the class. I learned that she had actually been featured in a magazine. I went and bought this magazine, okay? Because I knew she had been featured. And so at this point, I followed her. 
I attended her workshop and I bought her magazine. So now it was ready for action, right? So, but when I was ready to, to actually DM her, you know, I wrote her on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. I did my homework. I came to her prepared. So, you know, it was like, hello, Yai, my name is Janice. This is what I do. I attended your workshop on this day. I've been following your content for some time now. I even picked up your magazine in which you were featured, you know, saying X. And I just really love the quote that you said at the end. So I'm teed up, yeah, you know, and then I make my ask, you know, would you be willing to hop on a 20 minute converse on, on a 20 minute call, totally cold talk, um, ask this woman to hop on a call mm-hmm. with me, never met her a day yeah. in my life. I'm like, would you be willing to hop on a 20 minute call with me, um, to give me some advice on X, Y, and Z. And I was very clear on what I wanted advice on. She wrote me back within 24 hours with a time and date and an hour cut out for her to give me advice and mentorship. Oh my gosh. This was in 2015 or 16. She is still my connect to this day. That is amazing. She's still one of my mentors to this day. Um, I even partnered with her. She needed to do a project in Tampa and needed someone to help her facilitate the project. She paid me to facilitate the project for her just because I had made that connection. And so my advice is one, people are willing to help you. So don't ever think that you are not good enough or that you don't know enough to put yourself out there in in hopes that someone can help you. Because nine times out of 10, the person on the receiving end wants to genuinely help women, especially if it's a woman, Mm -hmm. you know? However, these women that you might be, you know, looking up to or that you might be contacting, you have to show them that you respect how they've gotten to where they are which is through work and experience. And so you have to show them, hey, I'm willing to meet you here. I'm willing to do the work too. That even though I don't have this title or I don't make this amount of money or I haven't launched my brand yet, this is the work I'm willing to put into. This is the work I put into knowing why I want to talk to you specifically, and are Mm -hmm. you willing to kind of meet me halfway? And I guarantee you that is going to lead to a connection and a friendship that you would probably never dreamt possible. Yes, I love it. And as soon as we get off this, I am definitely going to add her as a friend. <laughs> she's so I will definitely amazing. start following her on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, she's from New York City. Oh, um, that's awesome. Is she corporate, you know, boss, also owns uh, her own networking uh, platform. It's called La uh, La Latinista. And so it's it's really awesome. And and so yeah, so I would say that the key thing is to look for people who are have the same or similar interests as you Mm -hmm. and who are where you want to go. Don't connect with people who are behind you. You know, you can connect with people who are on the same level as you, but 
It has to be a very special friendship because you both have to be willing to level each other up. Right. And you both have to be willing to challenge each other on some type of space or else you can get very stagnant stagnant with that person because then you get comfortable with being on the same level. Mm. But if you're going to network, you know, shoot for the stars. You know, it's okay to not make the most money in your friend group or not have the highest title in your friend group. I am not that person, you know, and, you know, in some of my friend groups, I am, but not all of them. And what it does, it just keeps me hungry. It keeps Mm -hmm. me hungry to reach the next level, um, to keep putting in that work so that I can say, you know, I I'm not where I was one year ago or even one month ago. And so that would be, you know, the biggest advice when it comes to networking is, you know, pick your friend group wisely. Don't Mm -hmm. always be the smartest person in the room and then do the work when it comes to networking. It's so important. You know, please don't DM, you know, people on Instagram and say, can I pick your brain? Or, you know, can you help me with this? Because you're asking to receive without giving any real world effort in return. And you really have to, when it comes to meeting the right people, you really have to show that you're willing to do the work and that you take it seriously because they're going to take their advice seriously. You know, Mm -hmm. they're going to take carving out an hour of their time to mentor you, they take that seriously because it's an hour away from their family time or their clients or, you know, their relationship time to help you. And so they want to know, okay, if I help you, what are you going to do with that information? What are you going to do with that now? And so that, you know, when I talk to my girls and even when I'm connecting people, I also keep that in mind, you know, I am queen networker, but I (laughs) I network and connect people who I know are going to do something with it and who I know will not let me down, you know? And so that is the biggest kind of gem, networking gem, I could say, um, for women to keep in mind, you know, when you are approaching people, you know, in terms of networking, when you are asking for advice is, you know, do the work, put in, put in the extra mile because you are going to get it back tenfold. I promise you. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Well, Jainese, it was so amazing having you on the show today and having the opportunity to share your story and impact. And I'm so thrilled to see where your journey takes you. And I'm blessed to be able to see it firsthand. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for tuning in to The Digital Coffee Date, where inspiration ignites meaningful action. Be sure to visit thedigitalcoffeedate.com to sign up for your free membership where you can go beyond our digital coffee dates and discuss episode topics on our growing digital community.